Today on Dare to Develop, we are so excited to welcome a luxury destination wedding photographer who also is a conservationist and educator and so much more, the one and only Katie Mary. We're so excited to dive in with her today all about abundance and her abundance plan and basically how she has used this mindset to get where she is today. So stay tuned if you want to learn about leveling up your business and your life through a positive attitude. You're listening to Dare to Develop, a podcast for creatives. I'm Christine Herman. And I'm Ashley Baumgartner. And we are two hybrid wedding photographers that dub ourselves work wives. With a passion for developing community and daring to take risks in business and art, we want to bring you along on a journey. The journey of artists, makers, business professionals, and more who want to level up their businesses by daring greatly and developing community. So let's get started. Today on Dare to Develop, we're so excited to have Kate T. Mary with us. Yes, Kate T. is a luxury destination wedding and editorial photographer, conservationist, educator, and so much more. Yes, we are so excited to hear from you about developing and pursuing an abundance in business and life. Thanks so much for being here with us, KT. Thank you, ladies. I'm so excited to be here and I, I love what you've put together. So excited to dive in. Perfect. Thank you. Well, before we get started for our listeners, we'd love just to hear a little bit about you outside of your business and then we'll dive into all things work. Yeah, absolutely. So if if we kind of go back a lot, I'm, I'm from the West Coast. I was born and raised to start in Mammoth Lakes, California, which is pretty much just a oh. ski mountain. You skiing was part of the school curriculum. We used to say you didn't get a lot of Harvard students out of the school, but you got a lot of Olympic skiers. Um, <laughs> well, I grew up taking my skis to school and um, on ski team and things like that. And later lived in Japan. My dad's in the military, was in the military for 40 years, and then ultimately went to high school in Northern Nevada, where I was a wrangler on a cattle ranch for about six summers. I used to live on a cattle ranch there and also fell into photography and ultimately won a scholarship out of uh, high school and went on to photography school. But fast forward, photography has been the thread ever since then, but I met and married my husband and we've been together now 16 years and he's my right hand in everything that we do and, and partner in it all. I'm a fierce animal lover. I you will definitely find me my happiest with surrounded by animals or in nature. And I just love learning and being that forever student, getting outside and running in every city that we travel to and enjoying as much oysters and, and Savion Blanc or the occasional dirty martini when I can. Love it. Yes. Love it. I mean, you have such a, a vast background from snow towns to right. cattle wrangling. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was really lucky to live in a lot of really beautiful places growing up and experiencing different cultures growing up. But I think even when we stayed in the same town, my family had a knack for moving. So I think we lived in like 10 different houses. And I think it kind of gave me a little bit of the, the prelude to living a little on the edge, a little bit out of your comfort zone all the time, which has served me well in, in this career that I have now. Amazing. We love that. So we'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about your career journey and where, what has led you to where you are today. Yeah. And you know, it's, it is really interesting how intertwined the two things are for me that I always say photography kind of chose me straight out of high school. I was always into art and pottery and drawing and all those things, but it was really one photography um, teacher in high school and one competition that kind of put me on this path because I ended up getting a full 
scholarship to a photography school. I know that's not the path for most modern photographers these days, but was lucky enough that back then, you know, we had a dark room in my high school. And when I went to photo school, you know, we were shooting on film and developing our own film and scanning it and things like that. And ultimately became a photographer's assistant for fashion photographers and spent about five years doing that, working as a photographer's assistant, working as a digital tech for them. And during that time, and this, you know, makes me sound like a dinosaur, but it's so interesting for, for photographers just coming in that, you know, it wasn't that long ago, it was less than 20 years that, you know, digital didn't even exist. So it's amazing how much our industry has changed in such a short time. But the photographer that I worked for back then, he was really progressive. And so the minute Kodak came out with the first digital camera that really was for professionals, he had it. And, and you guys would laugh, but, you know, CF cards were like $750. They held like four photos, you know, so we'd be working on Miami beach. I'd be the photo assistant. So I'd be holding a scrim, you know, shielding a model from the sun. And then I'd be taking a CF card and running it to a Pelican case where we, you know, rigged a old little MacBook in it and download some cards. And so that's really how I kind of cut my teeth in terms of learning about the industry and learning about digital and workflows. And so kind of got a front row seat to doing all that, but also the benefit of experiencing, you know, going to film labs back in the day when we were on fashion jobs and judging clips at the lab and, you know, just split testing roles and doing all that old school stuff that just, we don't get to do as much of these days. So after that five years of being in the fashion industry, I, weddings were kind of being born as Style Me Pretty led the way and started to show, you know, that we took weddings out of church basements and started to reinvent them. And I kind of got onto the scene as a shooter at that point. And that was about 15 years ago. That's awesome. And where has your, how has your wedding, you know, side of your business grown over the years? Yeah. And, and that was a really organic, but intentional journey as well. So the beauty of coming out of the fashion industry is I, and I was mostly based in Miami. I traveled all over for that, but I had a lot of great friends who were fashion stylists, agents for model agencies, hair and makeup, you name it. And so when it came time for me to really go, Hey, I am going to start shooting for myself and really pushing this, you know, I leveraged all the resources I already had, which were a lot of those relationships. And so some of the first shoots that I did, I was so lucky because I got great models. I had a fantastic wardrobe on her and she looked great because I had amazing hair and makeup and a location to boot that, you know, were all just favors that I was able to call in. And so I really knew from the get-go, I knew my personality well enough to know that I couldn't just go to the same venue every week and be inspired by it. So even though I was working in South Florida, I really said I'm focusing on destination weddings. And so one of those first shoots that I did at the location that I had, you know, assisted at a million times in Isla Mirada, Florida, in the Florida Keys, was my Bali-themed editorial story. And that was just one of the examples of many different shoots of just using those resources and trying to really put out the work that I to show people what I could do and not necessarily only being confined by the clients that I was getting, you know, in those early years, but really always trying to stay one step ahead of this is the direction my work is going and doing as much as I could with that, with my real clients, but also always using that approach. And I think we saw that, you know, kind of grow into styled shoots and things like that. But, and even now more, it's, it's more about, you know, shooting your personal work and kind of in bringing the world into your vision of your work and showing some of that as you go along. And I've just continued to do that as, as we've shot more and more destination weddings and worked with more people. 
Oh, yes, I, I think it's so interesting because looking at your work now, it makes so much sense that you did start from a fashion background. And I'm curious on how you kind of made that switch to weddings. Was there something that just kind of in you, you're like, I actually really want to do weddings. I'm kind of want to move away from the fashion world or it was like fashion always sounded like it was always been a part of it, but to like work with all the fashion brands like you do now. Yeah, and it is funny, like you said, when you look back, you can kind of connect the dot. Hilariously enough, at the time, I was working for fashion photographers. And meanwhile, the the one thing that kind of was not inspiring me there as much was the shelf life of images, that it was so disposable, that we were shooting, you know, catalogs sometimes for a week, and that would just be in and out, and then it was on to the next thing, and it, it felt very as digital came out, I realized how much creative control the photographers were losing because all of a sudden the images are on a screen and the whole crew is going, oh, no, 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 have her turn to the left. Oh, no, have her turn to the right. And obviously for the greats out there, you know, the best in the business, they have, they're, you know, definitely in full control of that. But I was starting to see that shift. And what was so funny about it was I, at the time said, well, you know, I really don't want to live my life on airplanes which you're coming, this is coming from a person who flew over 150,000 miles last year in a six month period. Oh, so, you know, the joke's on me, <laughs> but that was, you know, those two aspects of, of really having creative freedom and time freedom were a big motivator for me. And I kind of fell into it a little bit in the sense that that same photographer that I worked for had this idea, you know, well, what if we kind of create our own little side business and we have a fashion photographer, you know, and his duo come in and shoot a wedding and we charge a lot of money. And so we did one event like that in Palm Beach and he did one of those and he was like, this is for the birds. Like, this is just crazy. I will never do this again. <laughs> and I was like, really? I didn't think it was that bad, you know? <laughs> so, so then I kind of, it just, you know, kind of snowballed from there. And then eventually I did have to make a decision and say, you know, okay, I'm going to say no to these assisting and tech jobs that are coming in. And that was really a moment of choosing the fork in the road, because same thing when people call you and say, Hey, you know, we'll pay your rate Tuesday. Are you going to come? And you're like, well, I'm not going to ever grow this thing. If I'm always on set, for eight, 10 hours a day. So I, you know, started turning down those jobs and just went all in on the wedding side. Love that. So let's switch gears a little bit. We know you run a very large education side of your business too, and it's focused on the concept of abundance. So we'd love to chat about abundance. So just to kick it off, what does abundance ultimately mean to you and in your business? Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because I, like many of you, came into this industry and came out of fashion and into this industry and really didn't know what to expect. And it did really feel like things were a little scarce that, you know, we we're kind of trying to get jobs and trying to get information and, you know, every man, woman for themselves, a little bit like that. And, and for me, abundance is choice. It's an approach in, in mindset and it's, it's accepting what we already know that they're is everything is available to us, but we have to choose to find abundance, even in the things that seem like they are scarce or the challenges that we come across or the roadblocks. And, you know, there is truly a lesson and an opportunity in everything. And I think that for me is abundance of, of just realizing that everything is so abundant that it's all available to us. And, you know, we can be grateful for even the things that we have to, we might label them as a problem, but in actuality, 
that's us putting a label on them that there, you know, really is an opportunity, a learning, a lesson, everything in that. So that's where it starts first. But then, you know, once we really kind of dive into it even further, it's, it's something that can trickle into every area of our life and have so much impact. And so really for me, that's about building a business from the inside out and really choosing to think about your interstate and the vision that you really want for your life and really working on that from the inside and then building a business that feels as good on the inside as it looks on the outside, which is a, a super big piece of that. Yes. And I, I think all very interesting what we talked about off off air was exactly what Dare to Develop is, is community and just building up other creatives. So we absolutely love that you're doing this and helping out other photographers. And curious with you and your business, how has things changed or how have you, was there like a switch where you're like, I need to get this out there to people. I need to help. Was there a moment in that? Yeah. And it was really interesting because it was early 2019 that I really made the commitment to go all in on this side. And if you guys haven't noticed a trend, if I'm going to really do something, I love to just, you know, do it all the way, go all in and, and give it all I got. But I had been doing different little speaking things throughout the years, you know, WPPI or different little workshops or conferences. And it always left me kind of, I, I was always happy to do it, but I always left feeling a little dissatisfied. Like I wasn't able to really move the needle or really share the thing that I know would really impart them with what they needed to have to trans, you know, real transformational change in a way that was just deeper than the surface level of, you know, okay, here's some tips to make your Instagram prettier, you know, that it's great and important, but it really wasn't what lit me up. And really all that, like we were saying, it's much deeper work and it requires more than an hour, you know, talk or things like that. And so I really wanted to a talk about the things that if I could go back to myself, year one, year three, year five, year seven and go, well, have you thought about this? You know, where, where do you want to take that? And wait, why do you want to do that? Like, no, but really why, you know, so getting past those super those questions and we all have an answer for it, but then you go, okay, but you know, well, what will that give you? Or what happens when you get that? What's beyond that? And why do you really want that? And that's where all of a sudden you kind of start to unravel the magic that is behind everything. And I think we see incredible change in people really building businesses that are centered around what success looks like for them rather than just, oh, well, you know, I told, somebody told me I had to have 10,000 followers and, you know, shoot 17 weddings a year. So here I am <laughs> and trying to figure it out that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like that ties in. I was going to ask, why did you choose to name it the abundance plan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and really, I think because it is so much more than just about marketing or business or everything, it's really full encompassing. And, and like you said at the beginning that we're so much more than our businesses that there really is a a human with fears and desires and their own set of insecurities and dreams and all those things. And I think that often that's really overlooked when we're talking about building a business that ultimately is building our life. So I think really anytime that we can incorporate those and not treat them like they're two separate entities, I think that we find a lot more purpose, a lot more meaning, a lot more happiness, uh, and success in what we do. I think that's so amazing. Cause I, what I think about too, is a lot of educations, a lot of copy paste yes. and creators are 
so different as humans and figure out what works best for us instead of just trying to copy the best of the best is right. it's amazing though like it's, I think that's such a great concept and I would love to, to know like what you would go back and tell yourself maybe like 10 years ago five years ago from like kind of what you're teaching is now yeah. I mean, so many things I would like kidnap myself and like take, <laughs> take myself on a road trip across country and be like, get out your notepad and just listen. Okay. <laughs> and, and ask really good questions. Cause I did, I had so many goals that I was like, okay, you know, just get on the cover of Martha Stewart or just do, I think we all had those things that were just, we looked around at the industry and said, these are milestones that I need to achieve. And when I do that, the problem is then you do that and nobody goes, and then what, and then what, then I will be on the cover of Martha Stewart, but then what, you know? And so kind of asking those questions and digging deeper about, well, and I know part of it, at least for me, you know, I'm once again, this is abundance, always looking back at any of those mistakes or missteps, not necessarily as that, but really going, okay, well, it taught you so many things that now inform what you're going to do. But I, I do think, you know, goodness, could I have gotten there so much quicker? Could I served my clients better? Could I have saved myself, you know, a lot of trial and error of trying to just figure it out? Absolutely. And I think that's one thing that talking about community, you know, I really believe a rising tide lifts all boats that if we all collectively are serving clients better if we're all collectively bringing more value and then able to you know increase pricing and bring more abundance to the industry we're all going to benefit so it really is one of those that i think the more that we share the more that we receive and you know round and round it goes i love that and what what does abundance look like today in your business for you yeah. So for me, it's for me, impact is kind of my why and, and really what drives me. And like I mentioned early on, I'm, I'm a fierce animal lover, a conservationist at heart and really helping all beings, but especially animals and, and wildlife that, and the planet that are really need our support right now more than ever is really, really close to my heart. So I made the decision that when we did education, that we were going to donate 10% of revenue. So something that's really important to me, anytime that we're talking about donations, and I learned this through a pet, another passion project, I have render loyalty. I learned a lot about cause marketing and donations that, you know, anytime that you can donate just revenue. So it's really cut and clean for everybody. So you're selling a hundred dollars, you're donating 10%, it's $10. Anybody can do that math, right? So we made the decision to donate 10%, which, you know, during the pandemic, when our wedding business, pretty much like many of you, you know, cash flow came to a flat line. We made a point to make this very clean. We have a fantastic bookkeeper who just as revenue comes in, he puts it in the pot and we make our donations quarterly. And so we had one moment during the pandemic while we're all in lockdown and it was donation day. And, you know, everything, all the accounts were, you know, operating accounts were pretty low, but, you know, it was time to donate. And I think it was $13,000 that day. And the bookkeeper's like, you know, do you want to just think, you know, how committed are you to this? <laughs> <laughs> like, like kind of like, I'm a little worried about operating expenses. And, you know, and I was like, this is what we've done. The money says it's not my money. So, you know, I made that donation that day. And to me, that is abundance. So at the same time, while we were in theory, like many business owners struggling, 
you can imagine what it was like for our partners in Africa who rely solely on tourism to help take care of all these am amazing animals and defend them against poachers and things like that. And so it felt so good to be able to do that and to be committed to that. And of course, everything worked out just fine. But to me, that is good, right? Yeah. Like when we have that fear, it usually still does work. It out. does. Yeah. And, but it does, you know, it is the universe asking you, and, and literally it was just my bookkeeper, Todd, asking me, committed <laughs> are you to this thing? And I said, yeah, I'm, thank you for, you know, testing where my, where my values lie there and, and a hundred percent. Nope. This is the plan. We're, we're sticking to it. Yeah. So then with that donation, you just bring in, like you said, the universe, more good things your way. And I'm sure that just gave you a really great outlook and felt really good, especially thinking about everyone in Africa who was also struggling, mm -hmm. helping out other people just makes you feel good. I think. And just I, I think so. And, and at the end of the day, you know, it can be as simple as just telling somebody that they look great in that sweater that they're wearing that's walking by or you know giving whatever you have i think is the bottom line that we all have something to give and sometimes that is just your knowledge or you know sweeping the balcony of of a neighbor that maybe is too old to do it or whatever that may be but i think it really does help make the world a better place when we all come from that place of abundance versus you know hoarding in, in the case right. of the quarantine, hoarding over our toilet paper stacks, you know, going oh, yes. None for you, you know, and we know we all got a glimpse of what that world looks like. And it's, it's not a place that I think most of us want to live in. Yeah. So this is obviously like, I love how down to earth and like altruistic, you know, we're talking about this side of things. I feel like there's some sort of stigma in the industry that then the luxury wedding industry is like on the mm. other side of it, right? It's like, that's money, that's fame, that's glamour, that's celebrities, that's covers of Martha Stewart. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, magazine covers, <laughs> huge editorial campaigns. So like, how do you, in your mind, like how do those mesh together for you? Because I feel like, you know, we put that, that part of the industry on such a pedestal and it feels untouchable and like glam, you know, like celebrities. <laughs> are and you've worked with many celebrities so like how do those work together in your mind and in your business and all of that yeah and it's so interesting because for me even for a while I had to kind of sort out these two different worlds that can seem kind of at odds with each other but really for me what it came down to first was the people component that at the end of the day it is all about people and different people just who grew up with a completely you know, different outlook. They're living in a different world that maybe I grew up in or I see on my day to day and getting a glimpse inside of that, you know, an incredible honor and also so informative to be able to help and do so many other things that there is this whole world that we build with luxury weddings and they absolutely you know, a lot of those people are the same people that are doing so much of the good. One of my wedding clients a few years ago, she ended up starting a nonprofit that created a software with that's similar to match.com placing children in foster care with families that are looking to adopt. And, you know, to this day, we still support each other and follow our work. And so I guess like anything in life, we can choose to make up stories about how like something is evil or it's up here, you know, like you said, untouchable. And I found quite the opposite that I've been able to see worlds that I don't think I would understand without being invited into the middle of them. And that's helped me to be able to just speak better, to be more experienced and having learned so much myself about the human experience. And I 
think also learning how to take care of people better. It has really taught me so much about that. So I think it's one of those that yes, it stakes absolutely get higher in, you know, the more luxury you go, but I think that's with anything in life, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Have you always had this abundant mindset? Have you ever had struggles and there was a moment when you realized that you needed to shift? Oh, I mean, every Tuesday. No. <laughs> forever, forever. The nice thing is now, you know, I'm able to catch myself or a lot of times my husband and I are catching each other once in a while of, hey, you know, going down that slippery slope area. And absolutely. And I think it really does make the journey as a photographer much more enjoyable when you choose abundance, because regardless, if, if you're choosing to continue on this path, there are going to be a lot of no's in your future. We all know we couldn't take every yes anyways, if they all just said yes, we couldn't do that either. So there's going to be a lot of no's. There's going to be a lot of things that you've really thought were for you that aren't. And so knowing that that fact is there, which one makes the ride more enjoyable for you? And I think that it's a lot about choosing to, to not suffer and, and also just be a more abundant, you know, positive person throughout this entire journey. I love that. I feel like, yeah, as artists, sometimes we put the suffering on ourselves. I have to suffer for the art. I have to suffer for the client. I have to suffer for the goal. And it can be an enjoyable and abundant process if you, if you let it be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And and sometimes just going, you know, asking yourself, well, what if this could just be easy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, just that simple question. Well, what would that look like? Mm -hmm. And what would that feel like? And what, what would those steps maybe be? And I think sometimes just literally just asking that question, you know, if this were an easy button, what would it be? And just kind of continuously coming back to that. It's all happening for you. Even the things that you know, really, really get you and you go, Oh, all right. This is, this is a good one. I see you trying to test me right now. (laughs) Yes. yes. So what do you have any tips for creatives who might be struggling with abundance or a limiting mindset? Yeah. Goodness. First off the things that worked for me is kind of what I can speak to because obviously we all have our own origin stories. We all have our own views of things like money and opportunity. And the one thing I think that always works for me is coming back to what you do have. And and if you need a reminder, you know, just get out and make a list, you know, what are the skills that I have? What are the resources that I have? And, And when I was embarking in the wedding industry, you know, okay, well, I know some people at this place and I know some people here and I've, you know, I'm pretty decent at that, you know, okay, all of a sudden we're starting to shape something together. So I think always recognizing what you do have, you know, even the fact most of your listeners are probably, you know, have an iPhone in their hand or earbuds in their ears and are maybe in the United States or, you know, a first world country and have all this opportunity, you know, even once in a while, I think that's just such a great reminder and and can put us in a different opportunity mindset where, I know the one thing for sure is that when we're in that scarcity mindset and, you know, kind of, gosh, nothing's going to work out. Well, it's, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in that sense. So anything that we can do to kind of get us back there, I always like to say, we don't want our frustration to take us out of gratitude just because once again, it's just, it's not really a good conductor for things to happen. So we've just got to keep plucking ourselves out of there for me. That's moving my body, getting out, going for a run, you know, anytime that just feeling frustrated or things like that. I find that when I'm consistently moving my body every single day, 
I get there a lot less often. And then I think, you know, finding the things that really bring you joy and making time for them. You know, if it's a book, hanging out with dogs, you know, would be mine, anything like that. I think sometimes you just have to walk away from those other things. And when you're out on that run or you're, you know, throwing the stick for the dog, all of a sudden you're like, well, what if I tried this? Or, you know, oh, I haven't reached out to that planner in a while. Yeah, I should send him a message. And, you know, all of a sudden things start happening. Mm-hmm. It's exactly when I get like all my ideas is out for a run or a walk and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it like spews out of me. <laughs> and then you come back and you're like, okay, I'm ready to, you know, and then you're in that state again where you're excited. It's, and I think it's easy when you first start out and I'm sure you guys have a lot of photographers who might be kind of coming off that, you know, just starting hustle high and we're, you know, excited about everything. And then at some point you kind of get in the rhythm where you're like, oh, well now this is getting a little trickier, you know, and I'm not as excited every day. So you've got to got to find ways to bring yourself back to there. It's a little bit like a marriage in a way, you know, you just can't expect that it's going to be as spicy as it was, you know, the first six months of there. And that's just part of it. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, I loved earlier. You said that you and your husband kind of check each other when you need it, (laughs) because that's, that's something we've been talking about a lot the last couple of weeks too, of just like how much community is good for that. Like having people you can trust to really be like, yeah, that sucks, but here's the positive side of it to really just help you reframe things. And just how much, I mean, we had a conversation the other day about how much once you have that abundant and positive and optimism of opportunity, just how much opportunity comes knocking. Then, (laughs) Yeah. 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 It really makes a big difference. And I think having people around you that are really holding you up to that higher standard. And, you know, sometimes it's just a shoulder to cry on, but then sometimes they need to be like, okay, all right now, like, you know, let's, let's pull those boots back on. You got this, let's get back on the horse. And that, you know, having that cheerleader or that accountability person. And, and like you said, if, if that's not your partner or something, you know, go find somebody in the industry or anybody that just shares that same, those same values that you do. It's so important to be surrounded by people who are like-minded because mm-hmm. you don't want to be surrounded by people who are just constantly bringing down themselves, the industry, other people. And we really just want to bring each other up like you were talking mm-hmm. about. So is there anything you see the industry needing um, more of when it comes to abundance? Oh goodness. So much. It's, it's really interesting because I think we're obviously in a major transition period, not just in our industry, but in the world right now that we're all just collectively, you know, going through this period that is leading to enormous change. I think it was something I read the other day that 40% of all people are looking for another job. And it was like one in five Americans are quitting their job, you know, like there's just a lot of change going on all over. And I think our industry is no different. And one thing that I think has kind of run its course is this competition idea. I think, you know, we're about to enter a year with 2.5 million weddings. I think it's fair to say that there's plenty out there and that the more that we can support each other along the way, once again, that journey is so much more enjoyable and to have people alongside you, like you said, friends that maybe you could have viewed each other as competition instead come together and create together. Uh, That's, I think, more and more how we can continue to lift each other up and put egos to the side and really just embrace what we do. I think sometimes there's also this added idea that, you know, there's famous people in the industry or there's this or that at the end of the day, you know, we, we take pictures and, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. It's a wonderful job, but 
it's certainly, you know, not going to the Oscars anytime soon or doing brain surgery. So I think also just kind of coming back down to earth is a really great thing for everybody to do, which I think this, the last couple of years have, you know, certainly brought us all back down to earth that we were all grounded at the same time. Yes. I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing all about abundance. And that was just such a fruitful conversation. That's all right. We'd love to move into a time of fast facts just for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Sure. I always love that. Love it. All right. So first up, what do you shoot with? Oh goodness. This is kind of like a trick question because I typically, anyone who's seen me or worked with me at a wedding knows I typically have about three cameras on my shoulders at all times because I am hybrid. I'm shooting film, medium format, film 35 and digital right now. And that's been changing a lot right now. That's Sony digital contacts and Canon film. But once again, I, I kind of move with the tides and with the times. Love it. What Sony camera do you have? Right now, the A1. Oh, got it. Got it. What is your favorite post-wedding snack? Oh, definitely a martini and spaghetti. I love <laughs> it. Oh, yes. Car- get those carbs. Get those. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and when you're on your way to a wedding or an editorial shoot, do you have any music that really gets you in the mood, pumps you up or anything? Yeah, I'm not much of a music person except for like French jazz. I uh, not in preference to my husband who likes to call it. I prefer the conversation car, which means like just quiet. Um, but I really love I really do. I love quiet. And I love time to just review schedule. You know, if there's I've cultivated some inspiration boards for it, go through that and just really kind of quiet my mind before a day that we know is the opposite of quiet, very loud. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So what is, what is your favorite thing to do outside of the industry? Outside of the industry? I love getting outside. I love going to the dog beach running, just anything out in nature or with animals is really my favorite. Love it. What is the best education that you've learned from over the years? Well, I would say countless books. You'll find about 25 of them on my desk any given day. And really those have been my best teachers from afar. And later that turned into doing more digital programs and things like that. But I would say first and foremost, all the books that have really helped me to grow my mindset and continue to lean into abundance. What are some of your favorites? One of my favorites is The One Thing, which um, if you guys haven't read that, that's uh, it's actually on my stand to reread. That's a go-to. I love that. I love Big Magic, of course. Anytime that your creativity needs a boost. Another favorite for anybody that's kind of struggling with abundance or money is A Pocket Full of Money is a great one to kind of help you cultivate abundance. What is one daring leap you've taken in your business? Well, I think the first leap was starting my first passion project, Render Loyalty, which was truly a leap of convincing several conservations in Africa to allow me to come photograph the animals they protect and self-funding that whole project and really leaning into the things that are most important to me, even though once again on paper, really don't pencil at first, especially. And I think once I started leaning into that and bringing these causes and, and these values that I have into my business and not feeling, I think for a long time, I felt they needed to be separate, that I could be a conservationist and animal lover over here, but over here, it's just pretty weddings and really bringing those two things together was definitely a transition and a leap for me that I'm glad that I did. Love it. 
And what is one thing you feel like you're great at in your business? Definitely being able to cast that vision forward. Once I learned to start thinking about the future and not just the next milestone ahead, but definitely seeing that bigger picture and really being able to kind of build that plan years in advance and see how all the different things are going to work together. Very nice. And where can our listeners find you? Instagram, website? Yeah, Instagram is where all the the latest happenings will be. So I'm at KT Mary on Instagram and um, more for the photographers. And I do more education stuff at the abundance plan where we really talk more about education and all that. And then certainly online at ktmary.com and ktmaryeducation.com. Perfect. And we know you are gearing up for this right now, but do you have any announcements for our listeners in terms of education? Yeah. So if you're listening to this relatively close to its drop date, we have an amazing five-day challenge where we really dig deep into all these things that we're talking about uh, in terms of building an abundant business and, and casting that vision. So we've got that coming up, which is a totally free thing to be able to opt into. Uh, and then we're opening up enrollment for my signature program, the Abundance Plan in early March. Perfect. Thank you. I'll link yeah. a lot of information in the show notes for our listeners to look at. So in closing, what is one thing you want to dare our listeners to do after listening to your episode? Oh, goodness. I would like to, it's a two-parter. I would like to dare them to dream bigger this year and to really pick a goal that makes them nervous to say it out loud to, to a friend and also to find one small way that they can use their business for good. So if that's, you know, in the early days for me, that was taking my camera to the Humane Society or things like that. But what's one way that maybe you can use your business for good this year? Love it. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for joining us and for chatting all about abundance. We really appreciated it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure and, and keep up the, the community raising daring work. I absolutely loved that KT just shared her heart with us today, all about her abundance and how it's helped her in her business. Yes. One of my favorite things is when she was talking about pressing the easy button. Like yep. when you're, when you're in the midst of something hard or just up against a wall, thinking with an abundant mindset means thinking, what if this was easy mm-hmm. and what would that look like? And that's just such a great thing to help us get over those tough hurdles that we come up against a lot in the wedding industry and running our own businesses. Mm-hmm. And these hurdles are just learning tools for us for later down the road. And we'll be thankful that we have them when we look back in a year or two. Yes. And just going from having an abundant mindset to being and living and being in abundance and just really taking Katie's message to heart of giving back with your business, yep. whether that's her passion projects or giving back through her education. Um, we really hope you take her two dares and just, just lean into that. Mm-hmm. Find out what makes you feel good. Find out what maybe, maybe it's not the, what Katie does in Africa, but whatever feels your soul, try to find that. Yeah. So we hope you really just continue to pursue abundance in 2022 and we will catch you next time on Dare to Develop. Thanks so much for joining us today on Dare to Develop. We'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review if you love today's episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at daretodevelopodcast.com and follow along on IG at Dare to Develop. Catch us next week for more fun as we hear from creatives who have dared greatly in their businesses and develop community along the way.